Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. Today, we have Jen Hansen DePaula with us from Mixtus Media. And Jen is a specialist in marketing your books. Um, And so we are super excited to talk with her today because this is something that we don't know much about and both need help (laughs) as we prepare to um, write books and put books out in the world. And Jen, we got connected with Jen over social media on Instagram, and she just puts out such lovely and wonderful and super, super helpful practical resources for authors about how to get your books in front of the right readers. So we are just super excited to have you here today, Jen. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. We wanted to start out. I We know that you've been in the marketing field for many years, um, starting mm-hmm. with musicians, kind of getting mm-hmm. them to their audience. And we just wanted to ask, what first drew you to want to connect artists with their audience? It really comes from like when I got my start back in um, 2000, when I got started in the music industry, this was before social media even existed. And I feel like such a grandma when I say things like, you know, like, (laughs) oh, before we had social media and all that stuff. But it's really crazy how it has so dramatically impacted our life in such a short amount of time. And Within what I did with publicity, I had to take our artists and I had to sum up their story, make it sound exciting Mm -hmm. so that this editor or this producer or someone that was making the calls found it interesting. And it's a pitch. It's, you know, selling them on the idea. And then they would make the decision in order to give people coverage and when social media came around, like back with MySpace, I remember mm-hmm. I signed up for that and someone came into my office. I was still at the record label and they said, oh, are you on a dating site? I was like, no, <laughs> this new thing, you know, and everyone just thought that it was like this, you know, dating site. And I said, no, it's, it's this thing where, you know, you can connect with people. And mm-hmm. this is that really started, you know, like my interest in it. And then mm-hmm. once I saw, you know, like when Facebook and then Instagram and all these outlets came out by the time I left the record label and I had started my own company, it was just like, this is a no brainer, you know, like artists and, you know, like the people that I was working with can connect directly with their fans. And so it was something where, as I was, you know, still doing press for artists and I was saying, you should really reach out on social media. And they're like, well, I don't know how, you know, like, what do you do? What do you say? And so that really got my wheels turning on. Okay. You know, like there's okay. Do you guys know the show Shit's Creek? Uh-huh. I, I'm okay. Familiar, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's this episode where David, the son and Moira, the mother are cooking and neither of them know how to cook. And so <laughs> Moira is reading this recipe to David saying, well, you have to fold in the cheese. And he was like, what does that mean? And he, she said, oh, you have to fold it in. And he was like, you can keep saying fold in the cheese. And I still won't understand it. <laughs> And she was like, well, you fold it, David. And, you know, like, and it was just kind of this back and forth. And I feel like when people say to, whether it's artists, whether it's authors or whatever, when they they say market your book, 
-hmm. or connect with your audience, they will say, okay, what does that mean? And we just keep saying, well, you market it, you talk about it. And it's like, well, how do I do that? And so that's what I'm really trying to break this barrier of, we know what to do, but you don't. Yes. We, you know, like the author needs to be empowered and educated in how to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing is educating and empowering authors to know how you can put yourself in your reader's shoes to connect with them mm-hmm. and how to craft your messaging and how to actually take the gross car used car salesman out of marketing because marketing is really just about connecting with people and Mm -hmm. connecting with people that are already interested in what you have to say. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's really been a passion of mine for a very long time. I've always, it's funny because everyone always used to dream about getting into the music industry. And I would always dream about getting into publishing, like working with authors not necessarily working in book publishing, but I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a, such a book nerd and I love reading. And so kind of making the switch from music to authors was a very natural transition for me, but also it was one that I'd always wanted to do. So yeah, that was going to be my next question was why books or how you kind of specialized in this. So I, yeah, I love well, it's, that. yeah, it's interesting because when like Nashville, where I live it's known as music city. So there are tons of musicians, but what people also don't know is that there are a lot of writers here and we have, have many friends that were either writing books or who are freelance and all that. And so when things really started taking off with my company, with working with, uh, with, um, musicians, some author friends started coming and saying, Hey, can you help me with this? And so I would be like, yes, I'd love to. (laughs) So helping them was just kind of like a natural thing. And I realized that any creative, whether it be a musician, um, a photographer, an artist, an author, every creative industry kind of mirrors the next. So because the music industry was going through the digital transition very early on, we know, okay, the same thing is going to happen in movies. The same thing is going to happen with books. And it has absolutely mirrored, you know, just with, you know, bring on Kindle and um, digital eBooks, all this stuff. So what we can do is really looking at other industries to see, okay, even though this hasn't changed yet in mm-hmm. publishing, let's say it will eventually. So thinking, not just only focusing in on the publishing world and kind of isolating in that, but really looking and learning and drawing inspiration from other industries as well is really, really yeah. important. Yeah. Well, and it's, it feels so extra important right now for authors to connect directly with their audience because so many publishing houses aren't aren't doing that for authors anymore and it is so much more accessible but everything's a lot more competitive there's a lot Mm -hmm. more you know like you can put your book out on your own or you can go traditional there's so many more options than there used to be and all of that demands you being so much more active in playing an active role in finding your readers absolutely and you have always have to remember that readers have no shortage of options yes and even though that might feel intimidating or like 
something that's a downer. I think that that's exciting because Mm -hmm. even though, you know, like we want to get our book out to as many people as possible, you're able to really focus in on a certain group of people Mm -hmm. and you can sell your book and you can grow and you can really learn from that initial small group of people that you talk to and grow from there Mm -hmm. and knowing how to best communicate with them take some time to, to figure out and to learn, but it's, it's something that I think really kind of removes that computer screen mentality that we have where we can connect with actually connect with people as real human beings. And it's that human connection that I think is so important. I think sometimes it's figuring out how to connect, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's the, then how do I find the people and how do I find the people Mm -hmm. who will connect with me and how do I show up both as an artist and as myself and where's the balance there? Absolutely. What What advice would you give to someone who's trying to kind of figure that balance out? There are three steps that I would, I would focus on. The first is really knowing your goals like and I, when I used to hear that advice from people, I would just roll my eyes and go, oh, brother, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but it's really is important because when you are just kind of aiming at nothing, you don't have those parameters, it's really over, it overwhelms you. And so yes. if you know, okay, I want to sell a thousand books in the next four months. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is my goal. So I can break down from there. I, that means that I have to sell X amount of books per month, X amount of books per week, X amount of books per day. Mm -hmm. And so when you really break that down, it gives you actual chunks of things that you can do, you know, like it's, it's kind of giving you those parameters. Yeah, exactly. And that, so goals are very, very important because it gives you something to aim at. The Mm -hmm. second thing is to really clearly identify your ideal reader. This is something that I know overwhelms a lot of authors because they think I don't want to leave anyone out, Mm. but it's actually something that if you have ever thought of standing on a stage in front of 10,000 people, that's intimidating, right? And you know that you'll never be able to come up with a way to connect with each and every one of them. It's, it's not humanly possible. If you were to think about just talking to one person and this one person, like if you sold a book and if you connected with them and you thought if every reader that I could sell a book to could be like this person, that's who this person would be. Mm -hmm. That is who your ideal reader is. And the ideal reader doesn't limit you. It is everything that you do goes through the filter of your ideal reader. Your ideal reader is mainly for you as the author. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're able to say, okay, my ideal reader, and I'll tell you mine, my, I named her Rebecca. I'm completely made her up. Yes. She does not exist, but she, in my mind is from Atlanta. She has three kids. They're 15, 12 and 11. And she used to be a teacher and she always dreamed of being a, you know, a, a writer. And I've all of these details about her. She is real to me. I even have a fake picture of, I had a fake picture of her up on my desktop for years. And every time I created content, anytime I created a post or created a blog post or something like that, I would be speaking to Rebecca and I would say, okay, is she going to find this helpful? 
is she mm-hmm. going to find this interesting? Is this going to get her excited about yes. writing? And so it is mainly for you as the author to think about talking to just one person, because what this is going to do is it's going to help you to create content. It's going to make uh, writing uh, social media posts, blogs, doing podcasts, doing all of these things, creating content so much more powerful because it's going to be specific. So like, for example, one time when my um, son was really little, he colored his forehead with a blue magic marker. (laughs) And I got a picture of him crying because I took the marker away and I posted it. And I was, I I was debating posting it. And I was like, you know what, Rebecca would find this hilarious because she has probably been there. She's a mom. I'm going to post it. And it got so much response because moms could, you know, relate to that. And also single people were, you know, I am never getting married or (laughs) so it's something that, you know, even though, you know, I'm just speaking to one person, many other people can relate to it. So when you can talk to a specific person, that's key. So the third one is your content. We think that connecting with people on social media is all about the technical things. Oh, I have to create reels or I have to create, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I have to do a reel every single day, which you don't. And, you know, like you have all of these things, but you could do three reels every day and not get any. And if you didn't have a content strategy, you really, it would land on deaf ears. So connecting with these people, you have to create content that's actually going to matter to them. And that's going to, if you write fiction, stir the emotions that you're going for. That's going to tell them the essence of your book, what it's about, you know, and what um, the characters, how they can identify with these people. If you write nonfiction, thinking about the problems that you can solve, the questions that your ideal reader has. And when you know all of these things, and when you have the content, um, when you have your goals and your ideal reader and your content in place, This sets the stage. So when you reach out and leave comments on other people's posts, or if you find a bookstagrammer who has a, you know, like shares a book and you say, Mm -hmm. oh, I love this book, you know, thank you for sharing that. And they see your post and they check out your profile, you're primed and ready to go because it's going to be saying, you know, like you have your content and your, um, your bio and all this stuff set up so that they're going to go, oh, this is my person. I want to follow them. Mm-hmm. So this, it, it's really a, a matter of you setting yourself up with your content, your ideal reader and your goals, but it's also, it helps you to reach out and connect with the right people online. I love that, I love that so much. The, what you were saying about the ideal reader and that specificity, like it reminded me, I mean, we try for that in our writing, right? Like we try mm-hmm. when writing fiction to be the specific becomes the universal, like, and you, the more you try to be universal, the more you're not going to hit anybody. But when you give yes. a specific, then you hit. <laughs> then you make your characters real and then they become, um, then they can become universal and the things they're going through can become universal. And I think that that's so, it's so hard though. And I'm curious if you have any advice for like, how do you figure out who your ideal reader might be or who that person is that the specifics, like, how did you come up with Rebecca? Yes. (laughs) Well, and it's something that I take clients through, like I have, it's Mm -hmm. called the ideal reader profile. And it's really starting off to think about what are the things that you yourself want mm-hmm. to share? What is that line in the sand that you have? Cause I have many clients who like, they don't 
want to talk about their kids. Like I don't necessarily show pictures of my son. He's 13 and I'll show him maybe in, you know, my stories or something like that, but that's a line in the sand that I have. Um, and, you know, thinking about, okay, these are the things that I do want to talk about. These are the things I don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's really important to, to identify. But then also thinking about what are the, like, when you think about your readers, many times your ideal reader is a reflection of you mm-hmm. because you are interested in, like, if you write fiction, even if you read multiple genres, your ideal reader probably also reads multiple mm-hmm. genres. Mm-hmm. If you love photography or, you know, like maybe art or gardening or, you know, or something like that, chances are your ideal reader will also be not, maybe not be interested in the exact same thing, but they'll be interested in, you know, the creative world or something else. And so it's really thinking about things that make you excited and that you want to connect with other people on that they will also be that. And so even if this person is a reflection of you, I always encourage authors to still give them a name, give them an identity, because even though you feel like you're going to be talking to yourself, which is always fun, (laughs) even though you're talking to yourself, it's still, it's removing your author hat and stepping into the shoes of someone else. Because one of the biggest things that's missing in marketing is empathy people want to be seen, people want to be heard. And so when you can create content, when you can connect with people and let them know, I see you, I hear you, you're not alone. I'm right there with you. That empathy draws them in and it makes that connection all the more powerful. So when you can, even though your ideal reader might be a reflection of you, or it might be a reflection of a reader that you've made a really great connection with already, mm-hmm. or it might be, if you write nonfiction, it might be a client or um, sure. someone that you've helped in the past. And so you can kind of mirror your ideal reader after that person. But many, many times, almost more often than not, for fiction writers especially, their ideal reader is a reflection of them. I love that. And I imagine that that also makes it easier to connect with those readers on a real level. Like if you find other people who are interested in the same things as you, then it's really easy to talk to them because you can all just geek out. Absolutely. You know, some of the funny, um, I never really talked about this, but I'm, (laughs) I am like an organizational nerd. Like I love office supplies, (laughs) love cleaning. I know I'm, it's just insane. But there are all of these like organizational people on like Instagram and on TikTok. And I love following them. And I've made so many connections with other people who are like, oh, you know what? I'm working on a book actually, you know, I'm like, oh, great. Come on over, you know, and it's just kind of something where you can like meet people because you like the same things. And or like they've had, you know, like friends, oh, my friend is writing a book. I need to send her your way. I'm like, yes, bring them. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just something where you can connect with people on similar things that you're interested in or similar life experiences or similar passions or organizations that you're a part of. Yeah, that's so good. I, I think so often for myself, I've sometimes felt nervous about sharing things that I love or, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. other people will think this is weird or like, <laughs> yes, I like organizing my pantry. Or like, I know, I know. 
uh, but, you or know, my deep love for romance novels, you know, like, but exactly. the more that I actually share those things, the more fun Instagram or other yes. things become, because then it's connects with other people who like those same things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And you find that, you know, like the things that you feel like you are the most alone on, mm-hmm. especially if they're weird, you know, it's, <laughs> you, you, you find your people for sure. <laughs> yes. Cause like on TikTok, I posted this video. I've posted it on Instagram too, but it didn't have nearly the response. I said something about like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you already have 10 unused notebooks at home. <laughs> and that video, I, I, it, the last I saw, it was almost 400,000 views wow. because people were That's like, awesome how did you know? Are you in my, I'm like, no, because I'm the same. I have like 30 up there. Like, you know? Me too. Yes, exactly. I mean, and it's something that you can identify with and it's so stupid, Absolutely. you know, like, but it's like people, you know, they they're drawn to that. So yes. it's something where, you know, like, even though it might not have something absolutely to do with your book, but you can connect with them on a human level, it's going to connect you with your people. <laughs> Well, and that notebook thing is a great example of specificity yes. too. Again, it's not just, oh, yes. I like writing in a journal. It's like, I have this many, you know, you already have this many on home. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was having people send me videos of them going through like boxes of unused notebooks, like no joke. It was crazy. Like all the, and then some people got mad. They were like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> go away. I love that element of though, like it's almost half confession, right? Because you yes. have some too. So it's like, I'm speaking to you guys, but I'm speaking to myself. Speaking <laughs> to myself. Absolutely. Oh gosh. Yeah. But I think yeah. again, it's that empathy when people yes. can really identify. And that's something too, you know, like you mentioned that you love um, romance novels yeah. and there have been so many people that are like, Oh, if anyone saw my, my yes. reading list or my, my bookshelves, like I had a client who didn't want to show her bookshelves because it had so much romance, no. like romance, you know, novels and stuff. And she's like, I don't want to take pictures. Of I was like, well, you don't have to, but I think you'll get a lot of people that, you know, yes. are in the same boat. It's so true. Exactly. Well, and romance is like one of the biggest selling genres, right? So it's it so silly that we all have these like is. hangups about and it, but that's an, like, the romance readers are just like, I have never met a group of people who digest more books in a day. Yeah. <laughs> like It's just <laughs> insane. Oh, it's nuts. So yeah, there's definitely, definitely an audience. Do you mind if we kind of talk about, because I love that you're talking about organization and what I wanted to kind of take then jump off on that is your website is organized so well I love it you can find things so easily and I wondered if you could talk about how you approach kind of organizing your content so that Mm -hmm. it's so findable accessible um you do it in your stories as well you have that like place to start I love it do you mind talking about how you approach it you're speaking to my heart, girl. Cause like, I, that is like, yes, you, you can see where I get my little obsessive compulsion. Um, so with the website starting there, my husband, um, he, we use a service called Squarespace. Um, and he's like a 
a certified designer or whatever that, you know, like he did websites for quite a while. And so it's something that we've always paid a lot of attention to. And it's something where, again, like putting myself in Rebecca's shoes, thinking about, okay, what are the main problems that she is looking for that I can help with? I mean, marketing isn't sexy. It's not something that everyone is running out to, you know, to do. And it's something that I really love. And so it's thinking about what I always try to approach it of what is the information that they're looking for, but what is the information that I can provide? Like it's more so thinking about what are the questions and the problems that they have that I can provide. And so those three things were mainly book marketing, social media, and newsletters. And so I really focus on those three elements, not only in the content, but within the organization, because I want people to be able to find what they're looking for easily. And so it's really about (laughs) kind of the motto of my entire business is start simple, get fancy later. So like this, what you see now is kind of like years of developing, you know, and really just, you know, stripping away the fat because it did not start off like that for sure. (laughs) But what we have now is like, it's really thinking about the flow, like where you want readers or where you want your audience to start and leading them exactly where you want them to go. It's all about uh, being intentional with everything. And it's not about pushing a sale down someone's throat. So like for an author going to the website and having the first thing be, hi, I'm Jen. My book is about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're going to lose someone's attention just like that. So you need to like the very first thing that readers need to see on your website is what it is you write about. What is it that they are going to find that is going to pique their interest. Is it, you know, do you write, um, one of my clients, she's awesome. She, um, her whole catchphrase is not a catchphrase, but, uh, she writes romance novels for women who just want to stay in bed all day. And that's, and that was just like, she's like drawing in people because it's like, yes, I didn't have to work. That's exactly what I would, that's my dream. And so it's kind of like when people see that and they're like, oh yeah, Yeah. that's what I need. And then they, you kind of lead them to your newsletter and then you lead them to, you know, like these, these different um, spots. So it's really putting, again, putting yourself in your reader's shoes and thinking, would I click on this if I were in their position or would I scroll right past Mm-hmm. So that's every, you know, like, even with, you know, the, the highlights on my Instagram, it's thinking about, okay, these again are the main points. It's not about what I want to project on people. It's what I know my ideal readers want and need. I show them what they want, but I give them what they need. Mm-hmm. I love that switch from thinking about like, telling everyone who I am as soon as they get to my page (laughs) Mm -hmm. to instead focusing on what, what they might be there for or what they can connect with and like sparking that kind of curiosity in them almost first before you give them all of like, here's who I am. Yeah. Because 
really, we're all selfish. <laughs> we're all thinking about what is it that I'm going to get out of this author or out of this book. And that's something too, when you're thinking about the process, like let's say you're on Instagram, the whole, the whole process is people are scrolling. You want to stop the scroll with mm. your image or your video. You want them to watch it, but then you have these two lines of the, uh, for the caption yeah. that you want to hook them and you want them to tap more to read more then you yeah. want them to read the caption and then you want to have a call to action so that they don't just stop there. You want them to go to your profile. When they go to your profile, what they're going to look at is your bio. That first line of your bio needs to be exactly what you provide, what mm -hmm. it is that it needs to be about your ideal reader. Mm -hmm. And then you want them to want to know more, to click the link in your bio and to go to your website. And so this is like the flow. This is the process that you want to take yeah. them on. So many people think, okay, I just need to get this pretty picture up there and that'll be good. You need to be thinking about the entire process because mm -hmm. it, it, and it doesn't take more time, honestly. Like, it's just like, you think about, you know, like the flow that you want to take them on and being intentional doesn't mean taking up 20 minutes of your day. <laughs> you know, it's right. really, it's it, when you have a flow and when you know the process, it makes it so much easier but best of all, it makes it more effective with your, you know, turning an actual reader or an actual follower into a book buyer. Would you tell us a little bit about your services and what you offer and what our listeners could get from you or from hiring? Yes, absolutely. So um, I am a big, big believer in that you don't need to have a lot of money or you need to have a, a big publisher behind you in order to get the best mm -hmm. information possible. I provide a lot of free information on yeah. our blog and our podcast and on the video on uh, YouTube. But I also have, I, I am also a big believer because I've been guilty of this as well. When I just get something for free, I, it, it just kind of sits yeah. on my computer and I don't invest myself into it. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe like investing something into the education to not only make me want, you know, it's like, okay, I paid for this. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> to get something out of it, but also I want to invest in my future. It's not just about right now. I want to go someplace and I want to see my career grow. And yeah. so we have a lot of free information, but then we also have some low cost tools we call them. One is the, um, Instagram ideas bundle. I came up with, um, over 130 post ideas plus caption templates mm -hmm. that you can basically just copy and paste and insert your information into mm -hmm. the caption. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff with the ideas bundle. And then I also have the content vault, which is over 365 content ideas and how you can come up with even more content. So I'm really focused on content. That's a huge, huge thing. So those are the lower priced um, tools, but then we also have um, two courses and I'm going to be later coming up with another one. We have the Instagram accelerator process, which is a go at your own pace um, course. And then we have the book marketing simplified uh, course, which is also go at your own pace. And then I also have coaching 
um, that I do, I do one-on-one coaching and I'm in the process of developing a group coaching membership type thing. So Mm -hmm. that's coming up here in a few months, but those are the three main ways that, that people can work with us. So it, a lot of it is like, I want to help people who might need a little more handholding. So that's where the coaching comes in and they need more personal guidance, but there are also uh, resources that you can go at your own pace and you have, you know, as much time as you want and need to apply those. Cause I work with a lot of working moms as well. So it's like, they want to be able to, you know, do something, you know, like when they can and where they can. Yeah. That's great. I love that diversity in, in what you offer. So earlier in the conversation, you had mentioned reels and the number of reels, like three per day, Mm -hmm. just high level. What, how do you feel about different types of posts? How regularly is it kind of each person has different needs or do you have a recommended number? And also with hashtags, what are your feelings on those right now? Ooh, yes. <laughs> okay. So I do have a free resource. It's called the Instagram posting formula. And what mm-hmm. I go through is that many, many authors, every author has different goals mm-hmm. and some don't necessarily, they're not looking for a huge audience. They're just looking for their people, you know, and they mm-hmm. just want to build that community. Others are looking for a large group. They want the numbers and they want uh, many times those authors are going for a traditional publishing deal. And that's something that for whatever reason, publishers look at, (laughs) and I I won't get on my soapbox about that one, but, um, within your goals, like if you are looking to grow your audience, yes, reels can help you do that. But again, it's the content, like what it is mm-hmm. that your, your reel is about that is going to actually do something for you. But here's a little tip that I'm going to let you in on. So I am not one to say this worked for me. So this is what you should do. I, and I think mm-hmm. that that's a huge red flag for any yes. marketing person or any social media person, because every author is, di- or every client is different. So what I encourage authors to do is to first think about how much time you have to realistically post consistently because consistency is way more important than quantity. Mm-hmm. So if you know, I only have time to post three times a week, then be consistent with those three times a week. If you only have time, like if let's say Instagram is brand new to you, start with one post a week again. And then once you kind of get used to that, add two and then add three, but you don't need to feel like you have to post every single day because you don't. And something that I have always encouraged authors is that there is no magic formula for how many reels you should post or what kind of content you should post. So for example, I went through um, a te- time of testing on my own profile. I posted a reel every single day. It did not change much for me personally. And I was very specific about my content. What I did find, and I also asked my audience, I said, which do you prefer reels or posts? Overwhelmingly, people said that they preferred posts. And so what I started doing was, 
I started creating my own gifts in Canva. You can create <laughs> gifts very, very easily to, you know, like, uh, it's just this small moving picture with some text above it. That's again, relatable. And I, you know, like something that you can identify with mm-hmm. and those blew up. Like I was getting a ton of views and a lot more, um, like just engagement on those. And mm-hmm. so I really readjusted my own personal strategy. So I do just, two, I do two reels a week and then I do like three gifts and then other, you know, just regular posts. I post every day, mm-hmm. but I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, and it's my job. So you know, <laughs> it's a little different, but I think like for figuring out what will work best for you is a thinking about your goals. Do you want to build a community? Do you want to grow, you know, like quickly reels do according to their statistics, you know, and you know, like all of that stuff are one of the best ways for you to grow. But I would go through a time of testing if I were you, because again, every, there isn't a solid formula for everyone. So it is testing. Maybe it is trying um, some new reels. Maybe it is um, trying a different approach and just observing and seeing what kind of response you get. And then once you kind of get, have some of that information behind you, you can make a better decision for what's going to work best for you and your audience. I love that idea of testing and of taking your audience into account um, Mm -hmm. and how it can change for different people. Yeah. Getting to the hashtags that you asked about, this has been something that it's kind of crazy how nuts that has gotten, but here's, here's the thing to think about with, with hashtags, the way that they are being used has changed. Like what they were used for five years ago is drastically different than what they are today. Instagram's algorithm and just the way that they work has gotten a lot smarter and they are able to do what they they call it, scrubbing your post and they can find keywords and text and everything that you use in your post or your reel and all that stuff. So it's able to glean a lot of information from each individual post, which is what hashtags used to do, but it's not perfect. The scrubbing isn't perfect. And so what the hashtags do is it gives the algorithm information to who, as to who to put you in front of. So what we're doing when we add specific hashtags that speak to who we're trying to reach, like romance readers, like I'm reading romance. You want to talk about who you are and who you're trying to connect with and what your post is about or what your book is about. So focusing on a collection of hashtags that speak to those three, those three things is feeding the algorithm the right information because working with the algorithm, the algorithm isn't out to get you. It's a machine (laughs) and we have to be able to feed it the right information in order to get in front of the right people. So Yes. Hashtags are still very important. They aren't used the same way as they used to, but we still definitely need to include them. And I would focus on the quality of the hashtags more so than the quantity. Like if you can only find 
seven hashtags that really fit into what you're talking about, then just post those seven. If you find 30 post all 30, I use a lot of hashtags and I've tried using fewer. And personally, I did not see a difference. So I always encourage authors to focus more on the quality of the hashtags rather than the quantity. This entire conversation has really been just filled with great advice. And as we've talked about before, you just have such great offerings from your Mm -hmm. podcast to your YouTube channel to the free um, resources that you have on your website. And we'll definitely be linking all of those in. Thank you. As we kind of end this though, do you have any final pieces of advice or a final piece of advice that you would say to an author who's looking to promote their work or maybe find their people? I have a clarifying to that question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're just narrowing down a little bit. Speaking of specificity. So both Laura and I are not published yet. Um, Both are looking, both of us are looking for traditional publishing, rewrite fiction um, in different Mm -hmm. genres, but fiction, like what advice would you have for people like us? Like at this stage where we're still writing, we haven't published yet, but we're working towards that goal. Is there anything specific that you could recommend that we do to get, to find the right readers and to get them attached and hooked and following before we put out our books? Yes. So one of the biggest things is remembering that you're not selling yet. Mm -hmm. So when we think about marketing, we think, oh, I have to have something to sell. No. Marketing is about connecting and it's really about building awareness, letting people know that you exist, that your book, that you're working on your book. And so when you're in this time of writing and when you're in this time of just being at the beginning of your journey, focus on relationships and connection. And remember that you don't have to have tens of thousands of followers in order to be a valuable and successful author. It's not a bad, like we really think about those are vanity metrics. And when you can focus really on building a community and just connecting with people, that is going to not only make readers want to come to you because no one wants to be sold at or marketed to. We want connection. Mm -hmm. So not looking at readers as dollar signs, you know, as someone who will buy your book, but rather looking at them as these incredible connections that you can have and sharing, especially being fiction writers, talking about books that you're reading Mm -hmm. is a great way to show other readers you know, like I'm a reader too. There isn't this line in the sand saying you're a writer. I'm a reader, (laughs) you know, you're this one and the same. So I think definitely focusing on creating those connections and also reaching out to others. Hmm. You can't just sit on your profile and wait for people to come to you. You have to go out and start those connections and leaving comments on other people's posts. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's like, if you want to follow them, go for it. But Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in that you have to enjoy your feed Mm -hmm. as well, because when you enjoy, you know, like going through your feed, you're going to want to spend more time there. So following people that you want, but really focusing on the connections is hands down, one of the best things that you can do and just keep that, you know, just thinking about it as I'm not out here marketing, I'm out here connecting. 
I love that so much. So thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. Of if course. you're listening, we will have uh, all sorts of links in the show notes yes. to find more about Jen and what she's doing. So we hope you check those out and um, give her a follow because it really is one of my favorite accounts to follow. Oh, I feel like I'm always learning you. things from you. I so appreciate it. And we hope that if you enjoyed this episode, that you'd leave us a review that helps people find us and yeah, keep reading, keep writing, keep putting your stuff out in the world and connecting with new people.